Well, good morning. Welcome to church. It's good to see everyone here. Um, I was telling somebody a few minutes ago that we went to New Mexico last week. And the day we left, yay, New Mexico. There's New Mexico people in here. We love it, by the way. We love it. Yeah. We went past Lordsburg. We, we did. We didn't stay at Lordsburg. Um, but anyway, so we left here and missed the rain. Got to New Mexico, Las Cruces. It had been raining. It stopped. Then we got back here, missed the rain. So... We are waiting to have a day at home where we can just enjoy the rain. Has anybody got to enjoy rain here at all in Arizona? Good. Awesome. Awesome. We, we want to also welcome our online campus. So if you're watching online, thank you for joining us this morning. Um, you know, you were talking about the rain. Maybe we are the problem that there was no rain here. So, you know, we may need to go to Hawaii or something like that so that you guys can get some more rain. Um, so we're, we're, we're so thankful you're here. We are getting ready to launch uh, in the first Sunday in August, our first uh, 11 a.m. service in Kearney. And so big hand, we're believing that God is going to uh, do great things. We do the 5 p.m., but we're going to go to the, a morning service. And, uh, and also, um, on the 24th of July, we have a night of worship here at this campus. And so I want for you to get ready to come out, put your praise on. Uh, God's going to do great things. Invite someone. He inhabits the praises of his people. You want to have a church where God is? Praise him and worship him because he inhabits there. At Living Word Chapel, we value generosity. And so uh, we make it very easy for you to be generous, whether you give here in person at one of our giving stations or you give online at lwconline.org or you give through, I think they still have this thing called snail mail. You can give that way as well. Um, but if you're new with us, we want you to know that uh, we don't want you to feel any pressure for you to, to give. It's not about what you give because you are the gift to us today. So thank you for being here, and we just want to value you this morning. I have to correct myself because I said we missed the rain, but we really didn't. My prayer is that the Holy Spirit rain down on us today. Amen. Lord, we thank you so much that you're here with us. Like my husband said, Lord, you inhabit the praises of your people. And Lord, no matter where we're at, whether we're in the valley or we're on the mountain top, as long as we have breath, may we praise you. Holy Spirit, you are welcome here today to move in the minds and the hearts of all of us. Lord, I pray that you be with our speaker today, God. I know you have a word for us that you're going to speak through him today. May our hearts and our minds be open to receive what you have for us today. In all we do, Lord, we want to give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand up and worship this morning. We worship the God who was, we worship the God who is. We worship the God who evermore will be. He opened the prison doors. He parted the raging sea. My God, he holds a victory. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy. Shout out your praise. 
the God who saves. We sing to the God who always makes a way. Cause he hung up on that cross and he rose up from the grave. My God still rolling souls away. There's joy in the house of the Lord. There's joy in the house of the Lord today. And we won't be quiet. We shout out your praise. There's joy in the
be undone by holy love. My desire is to know you deeper. And Lord, I will open up again, throw my fears into the wind. I am desperate for a touch of
Hey there, is today your first time here? Or maybe your first time in a while? If so, maybe you're wondering exactly who we are and what this church is all about. Well, we'd like you to know that we're a group of ordinary people who are on an amazing journey together, following Christ. Our guide is the Bible because it's the divinely inspired word of God and it will never take us in the wrong direction. Along the way, we hope you'll see that we are welcoming and spiritually passionate and that getting to know you is a big deal to us. We know that the road is rough sometimes, but we'll work really hard to bring you practical and relevant messages to equip and encourage you through life's ups and downs. We want you to know that we care about this community, and we believe that it's our job to make it a better place. So no matter who you are or where you've been, we're glad you're here with us today. And we hope that you'll join us on our journey, following Christ and living out His plan for us. So welcome to church. Well, if you are new here with us today, we want to welcome you. Um, at the end of the service, if you would prefer, we would love for you to stop by our Welcome Center where it says, new here, start here, because we have a free gift for you because you are a gift to us. I just wanted to mention this real quick. We're trying to kind of help it help you guys not to have to write as much. <laughs> so we've kind of made the little yellow cards a little smaller. And we still really want to know what's going on in your life. This is how we connect with you. So if you don't mind, you know, taking a few minutes to write down your Go God, like your praise report or prayer request. Um, every Tuesday, we lay hands on these cards and we pray over them, believing God for whatever's going on in your life. So um, we just, I just wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. Um, because
because that's something that we've changed that um, we are going to start to update you on as well. Her juice cup, her juice cup. <laughs> so we are, we are like so excited about what God is doing in our midst because God is amazing, amen? And, and we're kicking off a series today that's titled In It to Win It. Because I just don't think that God wants for his people to live defeated lives. Amen? God wants us to be victorious. Because of Jesus, we are victorious. And so uh, as we put this series together, uh, there's, there's three parts. And the, the part today is how do we win being single? Um, and I, I, I made a phone call. And in that phone call, I think we got the right person to, to share a message that I think is going to just change people's lives and transforms people's thinking and for single people to understand hey you're not alone God is with you I just I just believe that that it's going to be amazing this morning so if you're here in person or online God has a word for you and uh, Matt Richardson is with us Matthew's from uh, uh, a church called Rock Point Church in Santan Arizona he is the director of the youth seminary there and, uh, and God is just doing amazing things through him. I, we have mutual friends. We just met today. But this friendship is one that's going to be a lifetime goal. I just believe it, man, because, uh, you know, you, you just look hip, and I want to be hip, so I'm going to hang out with you. And so, hey, give, her, give Matt a big hand as he comes up, all right? Thank you, Pastor. Appreciate you. Oh, good morning, church. How are we doing this morning? I said good morning, church. How are we doing this morning? Oh, there we go. There we go. Uh, I'm excited to be here. Uh, like Pastor James said, we just met this morning. We had a couple phone calls. Uh, we have a mutual friend, Randy Deal, and we just got to connecting. And he's telling me about the series, In It to Win It. And before I dive in, I just want to give honor to Pastor James and Shauna and just like this church and this community. I hope you guys realize and know that they love this community more than you know. And so can we just give praise and honor to what God is doing in and through their family here? And it's just an honor to be here with you guys this morning. But all the way from Cream Creek and Santan area, I can see what's going on here in Oracle. Um, I got to be honest, I didn't know where Oracle was until we had a little bit of a conversation. But I'm so glad that I get to be here with you guys today and get to see a little bit of your town and your community. Uh, like Pastor James said, my name is Matthew, and I get to work in this really cool opportunity. Uh, I'm the Youth Seminary Director, and I get to oversee a basically seminary program we do with a public high school where students get to take a Bible class that was two periods during the day. And so it's an amazing opportunity to connect the church and state that's kind of separated and be a light on that campus. And so in that, I get to walk with students. I get to unpack a lot of things. But a little bit about me so we can feel like a family a little bit. Um, I love my family. Uh, I am a single guy, but my sister has a beautiful niece uh, that I get to hang out and see, and that kind of fills what I don't have. But uh, a side note of me is I'm very adventurous. And so I embarked on this little journey of trying to work and build a tiny house out of a school bus. And so I'm currently on this process of figuring that out and learning as we go. But uh, what I love about that opportunity is it's going to be something where I can kind of do ministry through and connect uh, through schools and other places in the valley. And so with that being said, I get the privilege to kick off this series, In It to Win It. And when I think of in it to win it, and as I'm processing this idea, I'm guessing most of us would say, we are in it to win it. Like, no one says, I'm in it to lose it. Right? Like, that doesn't make sense. No one says, I'm in it to lose it, and I want to lose. Like, losing sucks. Nobody enjoys that. And so I would say that we are all in it to win it, and we want to win it in every season and every part of our life. And what I think is cool about this conversation I had with Pastor James is as we're chatting about this new series, we're talking about this idea of singleness and marriage and parenting, uh, I'm thinking about, hey, how can we win it in singleness? And like I'm sitting here and as we're unpacking this idea of singleness, Pastor James made it very clear that he wanted to start with that. He wanted to start with this foundation of how we can win it in our singleness so that that can transpire into our marriage, that can transpire into our parenting, that can transpire into every other area of our life. And I know that as I say that, that I see and I can see some married couples in the room and I can see some engaged people, I can see some uh, single people, and I know we can sit there and go, well, how is this message going to connect to me? But here's the thing about singleness. We never stop growing and we never stop working on ourselves. 
Even in marriage, even in engagement, even in those different seasons we step into, we still have to continue to choose to work and grow on ourselves. Because there are days that when we wake up, we may not choose to want to love that person, but we have to. And so in that, we need to work on our singleness to constantly keep ourselves in check so that we can win it. And so I'm excited in this privilege to dive into this. Are you guys ready to dive in this morning? Awesome. Let's pray. I'm going to ask God to speak through me, and then we'll dive in. God, just I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you for this opportunity that we can gather in this place. God, as one body of believers, God, would you open our hearts and our minds to receiving your word this morning. God, would you strip me of anything that's not of you, but God, would you speak through me as a vessel. God, may I be a vessel for your word this morning. May life's change because of your word, nothing that I've done, but everything of who you are. God, may we believe this truth this morning. May we press into your word. And God, may we connect and resonate with something this morning. God, we pray this in your holy precious name. And all God's people said... Amen. All right, and so I'm going to start with my main point because I want to set this foundation of where we're going. Uh, singleness, okay, singleness is a gift from God, and what you do with that gift matters. Singleness is a gift from God, and what you do with that gift matters. I think it's so easy to, as we're processing and we're going to unpack this idea of singleness, that when you look at singleness, it can kind of be weird to think of how is this a gift, Right? And I've been single for over way too many years to count. Uh, and sometimes I can sit there and wrestle with this idea of what, how is this a gift? How is this God? You know my desires, you know my wants, you know what I want to be. I want to be a dad one day. I want to see a little boy or girl run around. I want to care for a family. But how is singleness a gift? And how do I steward this? How do I steward this? And why does that matter that I steward it well? Well, we're going to unpack and kind of look through this. and. In these past kind of three years of me processing, God has really done some developing and unpacking what singleness looks like. And the world's constantly throwing these opposite ideas of, I remember when I graduated high school, it was immediately that this plan that was kind of painted for my life was to go to college and then find my soulmate and get engaged and then get married and have two kids and uh, a house in the suburbs and live happily ever after. You know, all the movies that I watched, all of the Disney Channel movies, all the, the Disney princesses, right? You see the whole story. You know, something happens, something tragic happens, and then all of a sudden, you know, there's this magical moment that happens, and then happily ever after. And Disney does a really good job of painting that, but that's not the reality that we live in. It's not the reality that God's designed us to live in because we are called to glorify God in everything we do. In every season, in every moment, in everything that we walk through, and to seek him first, to seek first the kingdom of heaven. And so in that, it doesn't say, hey, we are called to go and immediately get married. We are called immediately to go and do this. It says we are called to glorify God in the season and what we're doing and where we're at. And so how can we do that? How can we do that? Well, we got to unpack this gift a little bit more, right? How, how is being alone a gift, right? Because nobody likes to be alone. Nobody likes this feeling of feeling alone. And so how can I be happy and content even if all my friends around me, everyone else around me is going through this different season? And when you realize the gift and the gift that God has for us and, and everything that God says is true, that's how we realize that this gift of singleness is a blessing. That's how we realize that this gift that we have is to steward it well. Because everything that God calls us to, we want to steward well. We want to bring honor and glory to his name and the mission that he has called on our life. And so in singleness, I want to look at and kind of talk about this guy, uh, the Paul, Apostle Paul, right? And in um, the New Testament, we see that, that Paul truly gets the idea of singleness. Now, spoiler alert where we're going, Paul was single. And in that, he went on mission and lived his life out. And I'm sure there was temptation. I'm sure there were struggles. But he lived faithfully, continuing to unpack the call that God had on his life. And he writes about 13 of the letters in the New Testament to the church, unpacking these ideas to the early church of, hey, how to live, how to go on mission, how to be the church. And we see it in Romans, and we see it first and second Corinthians, Galatians, and Ephesians, and so on and so forth. But we're going to be kind of sitting in first Corinthians today. And so if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. It's in the New Testament towards the back. But one of the things I love about Paul is through his life, as he went on mission into the world, he upholds the examples that Christ has set for him. And he realizes Christ's sacrifice and how that we have to live out this authentic, genuine life of service. Right? And this life of service that we are called to live 
<clears throat> and be intentional with is that we need to walk out in that. And so we're going to start in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 7, verse 7. If you're there with me, say yeah. If you need a minute, say hold on. Nobody needs a minute? All right, let's jump in. <laughs> chapter 7, verse 7. I wish all of you, I wish that all of you were as I am. But each of you has your own gift from God. One has this gift and another has that. Now to the unmarried and the widows, I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried as I do. So like I said, spoiler alert, Paul is single, all right? And in his single season of singleness, he's devoted to the mission that God has called him to, to share the gospel. And he's unpacking this moment and he's going, hey, if you haven't realized, we all have a gift. God has placed a gift on every single person in this room and any person that's online or not in this room. And in that gift, we unpack it from God and we figure out who he is. But Paul's like, hey, it'd be easier if you're as I am because it's sort of easy, easier for you to understand what I'm saying. But he's saying we're not all built that way. We're not all designed that way. We're all different. And so we need to seek God and his plans for our life in that gift, right? What better person to go to for our gift and our calling and what's on our life than God, Right? We can turn to the world and we can turn to these other things and we can turn to these cycles to trying to figure out who God made us to be. But what better way than to go to the creator, the one that authenticated it all from the beginning. And so in that, Paul's saying, hey, it's easier to go through, but we need to go through God because he has a different plan for each of us. And here's the thing. Then he talks about being unmarried. It's okay because we have God's love on our life, and because God loved us, we can in return love him back and love others out of that. And so kind of one of these first points is Paul's going, hey, I can love people even in my singleness. I can love and walk with people in these communities even in my singleness. And we need to love God, to love ourselves so that we can love others as ourselves, right? We can't love people from a place that we don't even love ourselves at. Right? And I, and I can see this world throwing all these mixed signals at us as we walk through, even as I walk through my season of singleness of, hey, well, maybe you're not good enough. Or maybe, hey, like, I don't, I don't get why you're single. Or maybe, and people go, I get the constant, hey, when are you going to get married? When are you going to be in a relationship? When? And I'm going, hey, the call on my life and the value of my life doesn't come from those things. It comes from God and the gift that he's placed in me to go and be able to go and do these different things. I've gotten amazing opportunities to go and do incredible things because of my singleness. Because if I had a family, I'm sure that I'd be wanting to be with my family and not and go do these amazing things. I've gotten to travel the world and go to Haiti and love on orphans and be in communities and build wells and be intentional in what God has been able to do through my season of singleness. But that's because I figured out where my love comes from. And we need to love God and love ourselves before we can love others. Scripture says, love thy neighbor as oneself, right? And so we have to deep and go dive deep into that well of what that looks like to love. And what better person to go to than love than God who created love, right? God who loved us first. God who gave us the ultimate sacrifice because of his love. And so then we're going to jump right back in. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians and we're going to skip down a little bit to verse 25. Uh, hang with me in this because it's going to get a little confusing as you read through Corinthians. You're going to be like, well, what's God and what's Paul? And I'm going to explain that in a minute. But follow with me. We're going to go through a little bit of scripture and then I'll unpack it. Now about the virgins, and virgin was something they used to describe the woman, that, how they view in the church in this time. I have no command from the Lord, but to give a judgment as one by the Lord's mercy is trustful, trust, trustworthy. Because of the present crisis, I think it is good for man to remain as he is. Are you pledged to a woman? Then do not seek to be released. Are you free from such commitment? Then do not look for a wife. But if you do marry, you have not sinned. And if you are a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But those who marry will face troubles in life. And I want to spare you of this. <laughs> We're going to pause there for a minute and dive back in, okay? I'm not married, okay? But by the laughter in the room, we know that we face troubles, right? Here's the deal why we face troubles is when you take one broken person and another broken person, even in our redemption, and you put them together and we don't unpack the things that we need to unpack in our singleness, we begin to have friction. We begin to have things that come up where we go, well, I, you may have said that, but I heard this. You may have done that, but I saw this. And so Paul's trying to say to you, like, hey, you will have troubles. I'm not going to say you may have troubles. You will have troubles. 
And so that is why he's saying, hey, it's important. Hey, if you're not, work on yourself right now. God will provide the way and God will guide you in that. But he's saying, hey, you will have troubles. Let's jump back in and continue down verse 29. What I mean, brothers and sisters, is that time is short. From now on, those who are married should live as if they were not, those who mourn as if they did not, those who are happy as if they were not, those who buy something as if they were not theirs to keep, those who use things of this world as if not engrossed in them. For this world in its present form is passing away. You guys guys capture that? You guys hear that? This world in the present form is passing away. This is temporary, but that's internal. That's forever. This is temporary. All those things, the things on earth, the mourning, that is temporary. But there's going to be a time where there will be no more mourning. There will be no more sickness. There will be no more hurt. There will be no more friction and things and relationships because that will be free of that because of who God is and what he's done for us to build that connection in his resurrection life that he gives us. But we have to figure out how? And, and we see Paul is pleading to us. He's saying, hey, these are instructions I'm giving. And, you know, this is what I feel like God has put on my heart. But it's not from the word of God. But I'm telling you, I'm pleading you that we can be intentional to figure this out. That we can be intentional because this world is going to pass away. Time is short. Life is short. If anything of these past two years what taught us is life is short. To not take a moment for granted. To not get caught up in the business of stuff and things of this world because we want to live the life that God has called us to and not miss a moment here. And not miss a moment for eternity. And so it's okay to be single, but it's not good to be alone. It's okay to be single, but it's not be good to be alone. And what I mean by that is we get caught up in the cycle of going, hey, well, we are designed to be in relationship with God. God designed us with this heart of relationship. But in that... God wants us to be in community, right? A community where we can grow together, a community where we can be held accountable, a community where we can grow. And sometimes in our singleness, we search for that one, we search for that person when we need to be searching for a community to hold us accountable and help us walk through our stuff. Because if we don't, then we begin to bring that into the next season of life. And we've seen what that does. The next part of this is there's a purpose and a plan in your singleness. There's a purpose and a plan in your singleness. Now, I don't know what that is for you. I know mine from God, but I don't know what that is for you. The only person that can know that for you is God. God is the only person that can reveal that to you because he's the one that designed it and gave you the gift and put it in your life. So we need to go back to God. We need to go back to his word so that he can reveal that plan and purpose. And go back to those promises that he has for our life so that we can live from that place. Because when we don't, we begin to search for things in the world to do that. We search for things in the world that give us a plan or give us purpose. And sometimes those things aren't healthy. Not all things are bad, but sometimes those things aren't healthy. And they begin to pull us away from God's word. They begin to pull us away from God's truth. And then we can't be able to tell the difference between what's God's voice and what's our selfish ambitions and selfish desires. But if we can figure this out in singleness, if we can figure this out in our cycle, and when I say that, if we can figure this out as we continue to grow and work on ourselves, no matter what season you're in, we can grow closer to God and we can grow closer to what he has in his plan and purpose for you. Finishing up in 1 Corinthians, uh, we're going to jump down to verse 35. I say this for your own good, not to restrict you, but that you may live in the right way with undivided Devotion to the Lord. Undivided devotion, undivided attention. What I think is crazy in that is I think so many things draw our attention. So many things pull for our undivided attention. There's not a lot of things that get undivided attention anymore. I've seen so many relationships and so many friendships that don't have this invested uh, attention of being intentional to each other and being intentional to their walks because there's so many things pulling for their attention. And God's calling us and saying, hey, I'm not saying these things. Paul's saying, I'm not saying these things to restrict you. I'm not saying these things uh, just for your own good. But I'm saying I, I want you to understand what it looks like to have an undivided devotion to the Lord. 
Knowing that God can restore, God will restore, God will bring healing, God will unpack things in your life when we are fully present and fully pressed into his word and who he says we are. But we need to have that undivided attention and undivided devotion and who he is. Because when we begin to compare that and the world, we begin to mix up the word with the world. And when we mix up the word with the world, we lose sight of who God is. We lose sight of those promises. We lose sight of the truth. We lose sight of who and what God wants us to be and do in the plan and the purpose and the season we have. And here's the thing. In that undivided devotion that we give to God as we are unpacking who God is, in that restoring, in that redeeming, he gives you everything you need. He gives you everything you need. Now, I didn't say he gives you everything you want. He, I said he gives you everything you need. And in that, I think it's so easy to search for someone to complete us, but that's not what God is calling us to, because the only person that can complete you is God. God's the only person that can ever fill that void or that crevice or that longing for something. That is only God can complete that. And so no person will be able to compliment you if God doesn't complete you. You will always be searching for something in some person or searching for something in some relationship or searching for something in this world if God doesn't complete you, which is why we have that friction, which is why Paul says marriage is hard, because in the world we will have troubles, but God has overcome this world. And so if we're in God and God is in us, then he can complete us and fill those gaps and those crevices and those insecurities that we have as we walk through this life. But we have to allow God to complete us Otherwise, no person will compliment you. And our devotion is to God because the love he gave us first and the relationship we have within him. So I'm going to jump back a little bit to Ecclesiastes because I want to kind of round out in the scripture. Um, what I love about the scripture, so Ecclesiastes 3, is that we see in the word that there's a time for everything. We see in the word that there's a time for everything. I think sometimes we sit and we go, well, I don't know what God's timing is. I don't know when this is going to happen. I don't know what this is going to look like. I don't know how long this season's going to be. And it's not about knowing. I think sometimes we can get caught up in the details that we lose sight of who God is. Our God is a God of details, so he knows all the details. But he wants us to trust him in the details. He wants us to trust him in the process, and he wants us to trust him in the plan. And so we pick up in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. There's a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Really? Show me more. Okay, cool. Right here, verse 2. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. Okay, well, is that it? No, there's more. Okay, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and time to gather stones. I'm sitting here and going, wow, they have literally gotten to the very details of gathering stones and scattering stones. Okay, well, what else? There's a time to embrace and a time to refrain, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, and a time for war and a time for peace. He has made everything beautiful in his time. He has made everything beautiful in his time. That season of singleness may be lasting way longer than you want it to be. But here's the thing. It's beautiful in his time because this is a gift that God has given you to steward well in this season. And this is a time that he has you in. And, and maybe he's moved you to a new season. There's still this time for you to be intentional and faithful in what God has called you to with your gift. And God's time is beautiful. God's time is perfect. God's time is pleasing. And we can only find our purpose and our plan in his timing. Because when we step out of his timing, we begin to walk on our own and not on God's strength. And I don't know about you, but anytime I've stepped out of God's timing, it hasn't been good. It hasn't been enjoyable. Maybe it's been enjoyable in the worldly sense, but it hasn't been good. It's always ended in hurt and destruction and pain and things that now I have to heal from or move past. And I remember the longest time I, I ran from my calling. I ran from this purpose because I was searching for life in relationships. And God said, the only relationship you need is the relationship with me. And in that relationship, I'm going to show you your purpose and plan and call on your life. 
And I remember going and searching and being like, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. I feel like I'm lost. I feel like, you know, having people speak positive over me, but also having people speak negative over me. I had someone tell me one time, hey, you are never going to be preaching the ministry anywhere. And, and I was like, I just interned for five years. $200, like, what, what am I doing? Well, I, I've wasted my life. And so then I went and I was like, well, I'm going to do my next thing. I want to help people, so I'm going to go be a firefighter. Went through that whole track, failed the first year, had to go take it again, get barely passed the second year because the instructor's like, I see you studying, like I see you being intentional, and so I'm going to pass you, but you need to study for your final. But then I remember coming out of that season and being like, God, what am I doing? What am I doing as I'm just walking this path and walking this life and trying to figure out my identity and all these different things? What am I doing with this purpose and this point? And I go to host this camp, and God opens up these doors and opens up these connections. And, and not even five months later, not even half a year later from when I felt like I was thrown, kind of cast out, not relying on God. And I, I gave all my devotion back to God and began to walk in that. Five months later, God calls me to full-time vocational ministry. Plants me in a church, roots me down in a community, roots me down with a family. And now I'm getting to do what God has called me to do in my plan and purpose that he has for my life. But that is when I stepped into his timing, his plan, his beautiful, perfect, pleasing will for my life to be able to walk out of this purpose that he has for me. And so there's a time in everything in this season and the season of singleness that we walk through. And it's so easy to get, get lost. And, and here's the thing, we have to win it in singleness. We have to win it in singleness because here's the thing, I'm tired of seeing students and, and households being broken because we're not winning it in singleness. This earthly love is only going to last you temporarily. This heavenly love is going to last you forever. And that type of love that we can only get from God has to be in that relationship. And if we don't get that, then when love runs out in our relationship, we throw on the towel. When it doesn't feel good anymore, when I don't feel enough, when I don't feel this, when I, don't, when I begin to seek these things, these worldly pleasures, and it's not enough anymore, we, we walk away. I'm tired of seeing men and fathers and homes being broken, walking away. I'm tired of seeing couples being separated, students and children being trying to figure out what's going on in this generational cycle that continues because we're not winning it in singleness. We have to win it in singleness. We have to win it in the now. Some of us may be like, well, I'm in a relationship. I'm married. I'm in this season right now. Work on it now. Be open, find the community, find the people, find the mentors, and I'll unpack a little bit more of that in a minute, but, but, but find the community to support you and walk with you. You're not alone. I, I know that sometimes, even whether you be single or you be married, it, it feels like you're alone, but there are other couples going through the same things you're going through. None of it's new under the sun. It's just a different day, and it's just a different couple. It's just a different story. It's just a different singleness. And so find the community to walk with you, to uphold you and support you. I want to see the church change because we win it in singleness. I want to see leaders come out of the church because we win it in singleness and they are living on mission and living on purpose where God has called them to. How would it look if our communities uh, were winning it in singleness and we began to see life change happen all around us? Instead of seeing the road rage and the anger and the frustration and the things of the world, we begin to see people caring for one another again. We begin to see people investing in each other's life. We begin to see people giving and caring about their neighbor. Not locking the doors and sliding down the blinds. What would it look like for us to win it in the singleness, to win it in the now so that we can move forward? And so ultimately I have five steps for you guys. Five steps that we can do to win it in singleness. Whether you be married, whether you're single, whether you're a widow, whether you're divorced, wherever season you're in, five steps that can help you win it in singleness, okay? And these steps are simple. They seem, they seem big, but they're simple when we take a community with us, when we take people with us, okay? The first one is to heal. To heal in singleness. To heal in singleness. The thing about healing in singleness is the hurts and traumas and pains don't just go away when you get married. The hurts and traumas and trains don't go away when you get engaged or you bring someone else into it. You just bring them on the journey to experience that if it hasn't been healed. The things that are unspoken, the things that are there that you may not know of, <clears throat> you begin to see all of the different things. And here's the thing, all of us want to be the best version of ourselves for that person if God has to predestine and put that on your life. God, all of us want to be able to care for that person and love the person from a place that we can love ourselves. 
but we can't do that if we don't heal. So heal in the singleness. Will that be getting counseling? Will that be getting a mentor? Will that be getting someone to walk with you to unpack the traumas and the hurts? And I know that those are real. Heal in the singleness. The next one is to learn how to love in the singleness. Learn how to love in the singleness. Here's the deal is we can't love someone if we don't know the author of love and what love looks like from a creator who loved us first. We don't. And here's the thing. We begin to take this worldly version of love that is half-hearted and half-empty, even if we try it with our best and we give that out. Is that That's where the brokenness comes in because we don't know how to love well. And so we can spend this time being in the word and understanding what love looks like and how a love that could care so much for us could send their son to die for us so we could be connected and have an eternal life of heaven. So learn how to love in the singleness. Slow down and unpack and pause and what does love look like? More than just a feeling, how can I love in this season? The third part is to serve. If you are single, you should be serving the church. You should be serving in your community. You should be serving, because here's the deal. God calls us to serve. Jesus served. And here's the deal. If you don't serve in singleness, how are you going to serve in marriage? If you haven't built that foundation to say, hey, no, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, and we're going to serve it here at church. We're going to serve it in our community. We're going to serve it everywhere we go. If you don't build that foundation, how are you supposed to serve when that family comes? How are you supposed to make that a priority for your, for your kids and everyone in your family? So get in the church and serve. If you are not serving right now, I promise you, Pastor James has a place for you to serve. It could be kids ministry, it could be coffee ministry, it could be greeting, it could be parking. Whatever it is, there is a place for you to serve. There's a place for all of us in the kingdom and the body. And so serve. And what I tell you about serving is the opportunities that present themselves in serving. I've had, um, when I was serving as a junior high pastor, um, I had a couple, um, two couples now come through my ministry. Uh, and this isn't like a whoo like, I got them connected, and it was like matchmaker in heaven. But literally, I remember these two guys stepping into ministry, and I just kept going back to my one friend, a high school friend, and going, hey, you need to serve. You need to get plugged in. You need to get connected. And at the time, my intern was working with me, and she had come up to me. She's like, who's that guy? I'm like, ah, oh, it's just a friend from high school and trying to get him plugged in and connected. They are now happily married and intentional, not just from serving together, but realizing that they are both on the same trajectory and what God has called them to do. And the relationship came from that service. You never know the opportunity that's going to come from the service. I'm doing again to do a wedding of another one of my leaders that he was searching for all the wrong things in relationships. He was constantly going in. I remember sitting with him time and time again. And you get to the point where you're like, how many more times do we have this conversation of like, stop searching for the relationship. Stop looking for the worldly things. Stop looking for the looks. Stop looking. Just be with Christ and he will provide you with what you need. And when we finally got through that breakthrough, he met his wife now that he's going to get married to this next year. And he is so excited and he is being faithful and he is leading that family because he's figured it out in singleness and he's figured it out through service. God wants us to serve and so serving. The fourth one is be disciplined. Be disciplined. I'm going to tell you right now, it's hard to get up this morning. Eight, eight, it's just 7 a.m., 8 a.m., a little difficult. Back at a rock point, our church service is a little bit later in the, in the morning. So it's like getting up and it's, it, it, be disciplined and not just physically, not just mentally, but spiritually protecting and creating good, healthy habits will help you win in singleness. Be disciplined. It takes every day waking up. I have to remind myself, because uh, I work with these kids and we have an after-school program. When I can't keep up with them anymore, I go, I need to start working out again because something somewhere I stopped getting disciplined and being intentional to what God has called me to do, and i got to be able to keep up with these kids if I want to invest in these kids. And so be disciplined in your life. Create good, healthy habits now. Because that will trickle over in your marriage and that will trickle over in all your relationships to come. And then the fifth one is in singleness. Disciple and be discipled. Disciple and be discipled. The number of people that are walking alone is astounding. We are not meant to walk this life alone. I, the number of mentors, every time I have a mentor friend that moves away, I'm immediately trying to search for another mentor friend because ultimately I don't want to do this life alone. I don't want to rely on my own spirit. I want to rely on people to speak truth and life into me and remind me of who I am in God's and his perfect pleasing time and plan. And in that, if you're not just being discipled right now, find someone to disciple you. I promise you, there is a man or a woman in this church that will walk with you and journey with you and meet with you and grab coffee with you and do life with you. But then here's the thing, bring someone along with that. 
trickle that down. You now go and disciple someone else. What would it look like to begin to disciple and speak life into someone else who's walking through the same thing, just a different season? So be discipled and disciple others around you. Singleness is a gift from God, and what we do with that gift matters. God loves you. God is for you. He has made everything beautiful in his time. But it's what we do in our singleness that matters. If we don't make this count, we're going to be searching again and again for something else. But what we do in our singleness matters. Regardless of what season you're in, wherever you're at, I promise you, you can still work on your singleness. You can still work on yourself. God has more for you. As long as you have breath in your lungs, God has a plan and a purpose for you. You get to wake up every day. I woke up this morning. God has a purpose and a breath in my lungs that I get to live and walk out of. And so there is a purpose in your life. There is a plan for your life. You are not alone. You are not doing this alone. There are people around you that see you. There are people that want to walk with you. There are people that want to invest in your life. Because God has a plan for your life. And if we can win it in singleness, church, if we can win it in singleness, how different would this world be? How different would these communities be? How different and how on fire could we be for God, church? How cool would that be to see a community rally and revival to come out and life to be spoken over communities because we're winning it in singleness? I want to see that, church. I want to see that in the communities. I want to see that in the time to come. And so, God, would you help us win in singleness? Would you help us win in the now? Would you help us move in ways that only you can? Because we trust in your word and we trust in your promises and we trust in your timing. God, may we win it in the singleness, may we win it in the season so, season so we can be intentional to what you have for us. God, we are so grateful and thankful for whose we are in you and who you are. God, we thank you for your son on the cross who has given us this life and this freedom to live. God, may we search it in your word, may we search your heart in the depths of your love so that we can feel that embrace and begin to unpack and heal from the hurts in our life and of this world. God, you are greater than anything that we could imagine on this world. And so, God, may we seek you. May we seek your face and may we seek your glory. God, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity this morning. God, would you help us win it in singleness? Would you help us win it in marriage? Would you help us win it as we parent and lead this next generation? God, we love you. And we pray this in your holy, precious name. And all God's children said, amen, church. Amen. stand and worship together to uh, close the service.
God bless you. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next week.